Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week's episode, we're going to look into why the UN has been a useless organization and hasn't been able to help the Ukrainian people, what the UN has been too busy doing over the last number of years, and why the League of Nations, the UN's predecessor, also failed miserably for what seems like the same reasons. Let's get started. Unfortunately, the conflict in Ukraine that threatens the Jewish and non-Jewish populations continues over one month later. We have watched civilian crises grow and civilian infrastructure targeted and destroyed. I am left wondering right now, where is the United Nations? As many of you know, the United Nations was formed for the main purpose of avoiding conflicts between world powers and putting a stop to human rights abuses of the past. So where is the UN during one of the biggest open world conflicts in the post-World War II era? According to Reuters, almost three quarters of the UN General Assembly demanded aid, access and civilian protection to Ukraine on March 24th and criticized Russia for creating, quote, dire humanitarian situations after Moscow invaded their neighbor one month ago. It is the second time the 193 member General Assembly has overwhelmingly isolated Russia over what Moscow calls a, quote, special military operation that aims to destroy Ukraine's military infrastructure. The resolution that was adopted, which was drafted by Ukraine and allies, received 140 votes in favor and five votes against. These five votes included Russia, Syria, North Korea and Belarus, while 38 countries, including China, abstained from voting. The General Assembly resolutions are non-binding, but they carry some political weight. The resolution adopted demands the protection of civilians, medical personnel and aid workers, journalists and hospitals and other civilian infrastructure. It also demands the end of the siege of the cities like Mariupol. The resolution echoes the March 2nd General Assembly text by again demanding that Moscow stops fighting and withdraws its troops from the Ukraine. South Africa had proposed a rival draft to this resolution that focused on the humanitarian situation and did not even mention Russia. Russia appealed for countries to support that text rather than the text that calls them out blatantly for their war crimes. So here we see the UN has put up two resolutions against the Russians, asking them to please remove their soldiers from Ukraine, but also maybe at minimum give humanitarian aid to civilians, allow doctors into the area, allow food and resources to civilians. And they really pretty much haven't listened. The UN essentially is useless. They're asking very nicely for Russia to please be nice, but Russia doesn't really care. Russia actually originally put forward its own resolution against itself. And then when that didn't work, they used South Africa to try and put forward a resolution that didn't even call them out and would whitewash the situation. These UN resolutions, of course, are non-binding and have very little effect on actual events on the ground. Nothing has happened since. But what can we say about a situation where the group of aggressors get to set forth their own resolution? Doesn't this suggest that the UN is completely useless? The UN, of course, was invented for exactly this situation to try and put an end to world conflicts. The UN sits back and asks nicely for countries to please stop. The UN can't or won't send forces in even to protect civilians who are being attacked by Russian soldiers and indiscriminate bombings. While the UN does very little for the world, we see the money that is being poured in. For example, the United States in 2019 gave 22% of the UN's budget at $675 million. China puts in almost $400 million. Even Russia gives $73 million to the UN. 
what for? To have a bunch of people sit around a room and write up pieces of paper that have no bearing, that don't change any effects on the world and allow dictators or war criminals to continue. To me, it feels like the only people who have to listen to the U.N. are people who are not donating big money to the U.N. or hold a big seat within the General Assembly or the Security Council who can literally just veto anything that they do not like. If you are rich and powerful and have big weapons, you can pretty much do whatever you'd like and the U.N. will not stop you. At most, maybe you'll get a piece of paper tacked to your door warning you that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. I'm left wondering where all this money is going and really what the UN does all day long aside from put out some speeches and some resolutions that nobody listens to. After this break, we'll take a look at some of the things that the UN actually is doing and where the money actually is going when we come back on the Jewish Diaspora Report. We see that the UN itself has very little power in world affairs. I am sure that this is not much of a surprise to many of the people who follow the exploits of the United Nations. Despite this lack of actual power to do anything on the world stage, they continue to try and throw their weight around when it comes to world conflicts. When we hear from the UN about human rights abuses, we can imagine keeping an eye out on dictators like North Korea, Venezuela, or the repressive governments of Iran or communist China. Amazingly, none of these repressive regimes hold a candle to the biggest pariah on the world stage, according to the United Nations, this tiny democratic state of Israel. Since 1948, the UN has created 225 resolutions calling out Israel for various supposed issues. This number is incredible when compared to all other countries in the world. According to Al Jazeera, in 2020, the United Nations General Assembly had brought a total of 17 resolutions against the country of Israel, almost three times compared to the rest of the world combined. Only six for the entire rest of the world. If you think about all of the crazy things that are happening in the world, all of the threats to world peace, and yet only six for the rest of the world and 17 against Israel. Maybe some can suggest that the reason that Israel singled out is because of the ongoing conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinian people. So could we assume, of course, that the other side of this conflict would be singled out too? You may be surprised to hear that the Palestinian people, through the representatives, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, Palestinian Authority, Fatah, or the internationally recognized terrorist leaders of Hamas, have been also cited 187 resolutions that mention Palestinians. On their face, this seems pretty fair. 225 to 187 seems kind of even. Until, unfortunately, you read these resolutions, nearly all, if not all, 187 UN resolutions that mention Palestine are actually just against Israel. I have not found any UN resolutions that have explicitly called out Hamas for their terror attacks against Israeli civilian targets, suicide bombings of city buses or pizza shops. In fact, In the 45th sitting of the UN in 1988, the UN expressly mentions the Intifada, or violent Palestinian uprising. Up to 200 Israelis were killed during these violent uprisings, many of them civilians. Needless to say, casualties and injuries on both sides of a conflict are horrible and should have never happened. However, the UN speaks of the Intifada and completely ignores the group who named the event and used terror against civilians as a form of civil protest. The resolution blames Israel completely and does not even demand for the civil unrest leading to Israeli death to end. While the UN is doing very little to actually make legitimate changes in the world, they are spending a great amount of time pointing out and singling out the one democratic country over and over and over again. 
Obviously, there is some debate to be had over tactics and ways that the army deals with terrorism and the reason for terrorism, which is typically always wrong. But the fact that UN singles out Israel and only Israel and not any other country just shows its bias and its uselessness. It may be if the UN took an actual middle ground view of things and actually tried to put forward legitimate fixes to the problem, things could actually happen. One of the most obvious and blatant issue within the United Nations, of course, is dealing with refugees. We see many millions of refugees coming out of Ukraine right now. There's refugees from all over the world that are seeking protection and safety. The UN puts all of these people under one umbrella as a refugee organization. However, for some reason, based on politics, the United Nations has a very specific and unique refugee system just for the Palestinians. And unlike other refugees that once they find residence in another country, they stop being refugees. The United Nations make sure to keep Palestinians within a refugee status for their children and their children's and their children's children. So that way this conflict will never end. If I was a refugee coming out of Syria right now and made my way to United States or Canada and landed, I, of course, would just become an American or Canadian and my life would just continue. My children would then become Americans and Canadians. However, with the Palestinians, once they are living within the Jordanian borders or they're living within Egypt or Lebanon, they stay within refugee camps and don't get out and their children and children's children will remain refugees. I don't exactly understand how this is supposed to fix the issue or why, for some reason, the Palestinians deserve extra rights or different rights than every other refugee around the world. We can see in the resolutions and the refugee crisis issues that the UN really isn't seeking solutions to these problems. They're simply being a political mouthpiece for certain positions, depending on the voting block or the money donated. It seems like it's all politics and not actually helping or supporting people on the ground. When we come back on the Jewish Diaspora Report, we're going to look at the League of Nations, which is the predecessor to the UN, and see why the League of Nations failed so miserably, and also recognize the similarities to what we're seeing right now within the UN. We'll be right back on the Jewish Diaspora Report. Following World War I, after the horrific death and devastation from the chemical attacks, the League of Nations was formed with the hope that these world powers can get together civilly and no longer resort to these horrific acts of war. It was headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland, and designed to be a forum for handling international disputes before they flare up into military action and caused the domino effect that pulled allied nations into the conflict. Unfortunately, the League of Nations failed miserably in its intended goal to prevent another war from happening. Because, of course, World War II broke out only two decades later. The League of Nations had a number of flaws that finally led to its demise in 1946. The League of Nations was supposed to represent the world and encompass all countries, but many countries never joined the organization, of which the United States was the most prevalent one. Some membered nations only remained members for a short while before ending their membership. Some historians believe that if America had joined the League of Nations, there would have been a lot more support in preventing future conflicts. Other major powers such as Germany, the losers of World War I, and the Soviet Union, which had now become communist, were not allowed to join, based on their ideologies. The League of Nations didn't have its own armed forces and depended on members to act, but none of the member countries were really ready for another war and didn't really provide any support to the League of Nations. 
This led to an inability to send an army to try and stop situations from occurring. Pacifism was a great problem. The League's two largest members, Britain and France, were very reluctant to resort to sanctions and any military actions. When countries started to attack each other in order to try and expand, the League didn't really have any power to stop them. The League of Nations was proven to be completely and utterly a useless body, nothing more than platitudes and ideas, which eventually failed when World War II occurred, and then eventually the League of Nations was turned into the United Nations. Funny enough, we see very similar things happening within the United Nations, having no ability to actually stop conflict. Unlike the League of Nations, we see many member states within the United Nations, many of which do not have the democratic values that were initially intended for the United Nations. You have dictators and authoritarians and people who don't believe in democracy or human rights sitting at the table with a whole bunch of other countries, all supposedly on the same equal footing. Does this suggest that, like the League of Nations, the United Nations will sort of just disappear and give up? Or are we just going to continue to fund this organization that spends its time focused on the wrong people in the world while being unable to stop actual conflicts and help real people on the ground? I guess only time will tell. In the end, it seems like we will continue to fund the UN and keep it going just as a symbol of what life could really be like in a perfect world. However, it will continue to let us down in the hopes and dreams that we might have to end world conflict and protect people's human rights all over the globe. If the UN can't help the Ukrainian people right now or stop Russia from indiscriminately bombing civilian populations, and it hasn't been able to stop focusing itself on conflicts in the Middle East while ignoring terrorism and attacks on civilians, to me, there's no hope for this UN to ever achieve any real peace in the world. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our other episodes and check us out on social media at jdr.podcast on Instagram. We'll see you next time. 